0: My name is Matt Brown. If you ain't first, you're last. And let's start the show.
1: Been spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise. Been spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise. What's
0: going on, everybody? The the world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations Podcast. It is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. We were down. We were down really bad, but we are back. We have returned after a week off and we are about to start a new season of podcasts that is going to be bigger and better than ever. And before we get into that, before we do another edition of the Tweet Cap, not the X Cap, but the tweet cap, and I can tell you exactly what happened to me the past week. I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations podcast, Twitter at ProdCavoPod, TikTok and Instagram at Productive Conversations. Check us out on YouTube at Productive Conversations as well. So, yes, I was gone all last week, and that was not the plan. So, let me get into that and why we had to switch some things up, because we did have some plans that were announced next week, and we wound up having to outright cancel the two shows. But we're okay now, and let me tell you what exactly happened. So, I was working on, what was it, Monday or Tuesday? And I was going about my day and everything seemed all right. And then you get a little scratch in your throat, a little thump in your throat. Something does not feel right. I ignored it. I went about my day. I thought, well, I usually have this in the winter, but it's literally the hottest summer on record. So this is a bit weird. I then start sneezing, and then I start coughing, and then I have a massive headache, and then I have fever, fatigue, and and then before you know it, by the time I was moving on Monday, I was bedridden for the next four days. Seriously, I was in bed all week last week, and I had the systems of, you know what, the thing that really rocked our world and caused a pandemic and all of that, so... I had no choice but to stay home. I couldn't work, and I don't have benefits in my job, so I was really out. Then um, I tried to drive on Tuesday, and my car broke down in Wilton. Uh, What a mess that has turned into. And then I was sick, and I was just, oh, my goodness. And we originally had Chris Bailey panned for next week for him to talk the year movies and TV so far. And then, as I'm sure you all know, there is a writers and actor strike. Chris is a part of the Screen Actors Guild, and the Screen Actors Guild prevents people in Chris's position to go on various press events and do press tours and do interviews so because Chris is a proud member of SAG he was not able to join the podcast and he will not be able to until the SAG and writer strike ends which is totally okay I totally understand we still support him we're not upset at all about what happened and we just hope this ends very soon for everybody's sake so that the deserving actors get get fair wages so the deserving writers get fair wages that no one's work is getting manipulated or taken advantage of and people are correctly paid for the work they have done. So no hard feelings at all and we just hope this ends soon and then we can have Chris join us and it will be a very special time. In other news, why I was also gone last week? Well, I had a very, very, very bad case of you-know-what, the thing that prevented us from going outside for a little bit. And it was bad. It was brutal. I was in bed for four straight days, and I'm about 90% there. But um, I'm good enough to be ready to work, and I should be 100%, I would think, in the next few days. But that sucked. That was not fun. Remember to just always keep good hygiene and make sure you do not have the week I had last week. You will definitely not not like it if it happens to you, but it's over now. I'm ready to go. Definitely needed to hit that pause button for some reason, and I've definitely learned my lesson, and I'm ready to just move forward after that. So, I'm good, and I'm ready to do some shows, and I'm ready to give you some great content. And we... We are able to make it productive last week anyways. We planned out the fall. We have a lot of things to let you all know once we get closer to football season. But might as well just say it now. We are both covering the NFL and men's college football on a weekly basis. That's right. As we did an NFL show every week last season, we're going to do that plus a college football season following the FBS Division I college football every single week. It is going to be very exciting. So we'll give you more details once we get closer to that, and it's going to be a good time from there. So we have our month of August planned out. Assuming there is no other major sickness or any other catastrophes, we're going to continue and pick up where we left off in a summer fold-up full of great content, and let's give it to you, and let's start right now, so... Today's show will be another edition of the Tweet Cap. No, not the X Cap. And no, because of Twitter's alleged name change, which we will be discussing, we will not be rebranding this show. Twitter can rebrand itself, but not us. So I just want to let you all know that. And Ryan Page is with me to do another edition of the Tweet Cap, talking about the trending stories that are taking place on the internet and all over the world this past week. And right now and it's gonna be a lot of fun so ryan page is with me once again ryan it's your turn let's talk about the crazy things going on in our world today here we go matt from norwalk uh let's see matt brown wants to know this is a very productive conversation hey everybody i'm back and as i announced on the audio version I'm back from a battle of sickness that I will say now for our YouTube videos, uh, YouTube viewers. But before we get into all of that, we are back here, excited for a good another edition of the Tweet Cap. Ryan Pages with us. What's up, Ryan? Not much, Matt. How are you? Oh, I'm really great to see you now. So I was out last week. Yeah. The, the first time I will acknowledge I had COVID, which mm. clearly sees it's real. It's knocking me out for a week, though. Obviously, may thanks to our vaccines and for our non-vaccine people. You know, you stay safe as well. But I had a very long week dealing with that. That's why I was out for a week. But we're back. Thank you for to Zertic. Your (laughs) over-the-counter drug helped me a lot this past week. But I'm feeling all right. I'm pretty much ninety percent there. But I'm back making content, which is the ultimate medicine, right? That's right. Breezy at 90 percent. That's some people's 110, right? So (laughs) thanks, buddy. But yeah, we're back ready to rock and roll. And let us start our second half of the summer with another tweet cap. So, Ryan, here's the thing. And this is a good transition to our first story. The show was called The Tweet Cap, named (laughs) after Twitter. Yet this past weekend, Elon Musk officially announced that he is rebranding Twitter to X. He took away the iconic bird logo on Monday and he put an X, marketing the latest major shift since he took over the social media platform. The website Twitter.com is live and it's branding right now. Let us check it again. Twitter.com. Is still there. X.com, single X. Oh, no. I put it and an X comes up. So I don't know. Regardless, Twitter is allegedly changing to X. Why? I'll start with that. Why, Ryan? (laughs) Why does Elon Musk, who took over an iconic brand in this world where the brand itself is a noun, when your company is a noun, I tweet this, I tweet that. You really made something out of yourself, and Elon Musk thinks it's necessary to change it to X. Not even anything clever like that. So my first question in this story, and by the way, we are keeping the tweet cap no matter what. X cap. I know.
2: I agree. No X cap. No X cap. Yeah, X cap does, does. Honestly, not that means to it. we we own tweet. I'm fine with that. If he wants <laughs> to give us tweet, I'll take tweet. We're keeping tweet. Um, In terms of the why, well, he's wanted to do this forever. Um, there was like all, i mean this is apparently common knowledge i don't even know if people know this but i believe paypal or paycheck microsoft two, um is um elon's like oh he, oh, he was oh sorry I,
0: yeah. I, I, I thought i thought you were going to say something else excuse me oh no um, but, um, paypal is elon's yes
2: yeah and he wanted to change that to x.com and Back then, he wasn't Elon Musk, so they just kicked him <laughs> out, uh, <laughs> which is really funny. Uh, Twitter is not going to be able to do that for anyone who's hoping that by this uh, change he's you know precipitating his own demise. He's not. He's in charge. He, the people who are around him are going to support this,
0: whether it's a good idea or not. And it's not. Um, Twitter CEO um, wrote a message. X is the future state of unlimited interactivity centered in audio, video, messaging, payments, banking, creating a global marketplace for ideas, goods, services and opportunities. Powered by AI, X will conduct us all in ways we're just beginning to imagine. That is CEO Linda Yara Yeah,
2: so I was actually going to talk about that because so to issue number one. The kind of funny one is that Elon Musk bought Twitter and has decided to change the name, even though that is objectively a bad idea. All right. So we'll put that aside for a second. Mm -hmm. That response is quite literally gobbledygook. That sounded like I mean, honestly, that sounded like an episode of Succession when the kids were talking about like when they would go on stage and they would just yada yada swear 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 about some sort of business deal that ultimately ends up working because if you have enough money you can fake your way to anything um that doesn't make any sense none of that was words or i mean they were all words but none of that was words put together in a sentence that means anything like so twitter is not just twitter anymore now twitter is going to be a bank and it's going to be powered by ai to take us places we can't imagine like it it makes absolutely no sense this idea that musk wants to create this like every app essentially a single app that's everything is uh, i mean in my opinion it's something that a child would dream up like an everything machine like imagine you had a machine where you could have just cheeseburgers all the time and it made your favorite video games and like it, that's that's what it sounds like it sounds like right. the adult version of that like i want a machine that does everything i love right away which when you're supposed to learn is impossible now when you're a billionaire most things end up becoming possible
0: <laughs> most,
2: uh, most things. So I could see why maybe he's like, you know what, maybe I can have my everything machine and it'll make me my ice cream and give me my video games. Like I've always wanted. And, and if anyone has enough money to do it, it's probably Elon Musk, but I really don't think it's possible. I think the reason it's not done is not because somebody's hasn't been rich enough yet. It's because one thing that's going to do everything, one thing is going to be your bank, your social media, your like network, like, there, I just don't see how that's going to work. It's too complicated. It's too convoluted. And this is putting the cart way before the horse. You're gonna you're, you're changing the name of one of your actual brands, a yeah. brand that people like, to the, be part of this X brand that does not exist and may never exist, at least not in its entirety. I think if you want to do this, you start working on it now, but just leave Twitter alone. If you actually get to the point where you can host all of these different services under one app effectively and market that in a way that will make your company money, if you can really change the way we interact with one another and own basically – I mean, that would be – by the way, that would be him owning like – human interaction like everything that human beings do would be owned by elon musk which is terrifying by the way and not just because it's elon i know i've we've done a few shows about elon here on the tweet cap and i'm not very i'm not usually very nice to mr musk um but i'm not Mm -hmm. this is not even an elon specific problem just one person being in charge of everything everybody does like, it's already kind of scary that it's only, like, six people in charge of everything everybody does. If we cut it down to just one guy or or girl. That, like, that's crazy to me. But it, it's also never going to happen. And I just feel like this is, like, a weird move to start, like, to prepare for something that may never happen. Like, I, I feel like he skipped, like, eight steps and just named it X for no reason. And so... Yeah.
0: Did you also see sense. that apparently you can find on specialfonts.com. He, the logo ex, was created yeah. that allegedly like 30 bucks. Personally, I'll have my crazy take on this one that I really think he's doing this as a joke because he can do such a thing. And he seems to have the type of ego to get people to actually fall for this kind of joke. Now I know if you type in X, Twitter becomes that, but I don't think there's a the domain X dot com. But
2: Twitter's account, though, is X now, like the the Twitter's Twitter account now just says X. Okay, And I don't know, like, it's yes, I would agree. Elon would be the kind of guy to pretend to change the name of his company. It seems (laughs) that, that seems to be that seems to be the particular kind of madness that Elon Musk enjoys. But the actual CEO also tweeted about X. True.
0: And she do, she do doesn't you think, strike though, me as
2: somebody who would just do a joke for fun. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like if she's getting involved, it's because it's real.
0: I um, only think, yeah, logic shows that that's the case. But in this world where we see all these personalities do the oddest things in who have all this money, I'm just saying anything's possible in this. And all know, right. Linda, you're a whatever. I'd be, I, I mean, Linda, like he's,
2: whoever doesn't have yeah, a personality. We'll
0: say like Linda. Why? I don't think. <laughs> and Linda, why. and like the fact that you. I, I just can't believe how easy it was and how synonymous with everyday life Twitter really is, even for people who aren't a part of it. And with and the idea that I'm going to X this all for the first the dirty minds that have something to say there there's another <laughs> thing to add to that I just it's it's weird and, and you want to
2: <laughs> you, you connect with your friends xcon give it to you this is a big <laughs> big day for the uh, for the DMX estate because Xcon give it to you is gonna have to yeah. be the new commercial thing for Twitter <laughs> uh, by the way Linda yacarino on Twitter has the chat blue check mark and now has a black X
0: next to her name.
2: I don't Maybe know. There this is feels like to this. This feels like way too much buy-in from a by all accounts very serious, you know, C level executive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. Musk is a joker, so I believe that if it was just him. But the fact that she's in on this too, I don't know. I think it's hard to hard to assume this is a joke.
0: I think the cultural zeitgeist is just gonna keep saying Twitter. It's awesome. easier. And I mean, you know, I mentioned you know all our social media. I say Twitter every single time. Mm-hmm. You want to go to our Twitter at Pradkavil Pod. If you want to go to X at ProdConvoPod, Pod. You know when we talk, when we did our Threads story a couple of weeks ago, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem that Threads has been picking up as much steam as we thought at this moment. But yeah, you're driving these social media managers crazy, and nobody asked for this, this, but it's just literally making Threads. things harder. Yeah.
2: I feel that this could be big for threads because yes, threads is slowed down. I use threads like about half as much as I use Twitter. Um, threads could use this because this is just another example for those people who are tired of the silliness of Twitter. Like threads can basically, if they can start adding some of these other little features in, I don't know I, if threads is early We're We're grading threads as if it should be Twitter already when it, shouldn't be. I mean, it's brand new. It, it barely even functions, to be completely honest with you. Um, and that could be a problem in a market that has such a highly polished, you know, top product. But that top product just keeps making absolutely insane decisions for their marketing and for their I mean, marketing, really, the product functions the same for the most part. And I think this could be a big moment for Threads. I think that you could see another little baby bump the way that, you know, Threads got 100 million, fa- you know, more than any social media platform ever in its first uh, week. And I think you could see another little baby bump go in terms of people giving Threads a shot because just the more ridiculous Twitter gets, the more ridiculous Elon gets, the more people want to get out of there.
0: Excuse me. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's – um, it just seems to say another – Weird. There's another weird chapter in this book of the Elon Musk Twitter era. And, you know, when people literally said Elon is here to destroy Twitter, I did not take those comments seriously. But it, he really is taking its identity and it seems he really <laughs> is trying to ruin it. And I don't know what direction he's going, but um, it's a direction I'm not exactly for.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what he's doing either, but it it certainly gets people talking, which I think is the only thing he wants is people talking about him. So he's got that, if nothing else.
0: Clearly in a summer filled with union strikes and extreme heat and news a little slow at this moment. We'll see once when the fall picks up and everyone's back to work. People are back at school and all of that. How much Mm -hmm. the. uh, X influences will have on the internet. So in other news, let's get to our gossiping part, which people I know love mm-hmm. to hear our gossip expertise in this. So it comes out Absolutely. that there was a pop star named Ariana Grande that she recently separated with her fiance. And That's then the just honor. um sorry, husband, you're right. Um And Ariana Grande breaks up with her husband. And just days later, it comes out that Ariana Grande is dating a man known as Ethan Slater. And who is Ethan Slater, you ask? He is big on Broadway. He literally played SpongeBob on Broadway. So some notoriety there. Ethan and Ariana Grande were both filming the film adaption of the musical Wicked. How about that? And then they started dating. Now, here's a problem. Ethan Slater was happily married for four years. He had a child with a woman named Lily J. And it seems that Lily J. Is absolutely devastated by the news that Ethan Slater and her broke up and immediately went to Ariana Grande. So I will say here, Did Ariana Grande steal Ethan Slater from Lily James? Because it seems that they were in such a happy marriage and everything was working out and they just had a child. And then you're telling me that one of the biggest pop stars in the world is interested in this man and this man drops his family for her? Come on, man. Ethan, my dude. I'm sure you're a great guy. (laughs) I've heard your cast album. You are one talented person. And... If Ariana Grande, who is a gorgeous, talented person, and even if she has quite the dating history, and in that dating history, there are a lot of alleged home wrecker situations, it just seems that Ethan Slater, if I hope you are confident you are going to fall in love with this woman, if you are going to essentially leave your family for her.
2: I mean, I, here's the thing. I think we need to probably make sure that we put a healthy amount of blame on uh, on Spongebob here, uh, Ethan Slater. I, I really don't... I mean, the, I get in these situations, especially given some of the past history, um, the The home record tab is an easy one to hit, right? It's easy note to play on this particular ballad because we've seen it a couple times uh, when it comes to Ariana Grande, I believe. But ultimately you know he was the one who was married for five years he's the one who would started a family and then decided yes. to move on so i think that we have to be intentional about pointing that out that uh, the only person who wrecked the slater home was ethan slater
1: mm-hmm.
2: you don't you never here's the thing guys you never have to date ariana grande it's not required it's never required you can just say no, like you do to drugs. You can just say no to Ariana Grande. Now, I think that there's some folks would say no, you can't, and frankly, that's, <laughs> the, that's the problem with uh, a you know certain subsect of masculine culture, but. We're not going to get into that because comments don't like it when I do that. Uh, so what I will say is another uh, day. In terms of another day. Exactly. Uh, what I will say, though, is, yeah, obviously very sad that you know a family is breaking up. We don't know the family situation. Like I said, we're sitting here from a thousand feet away. Right. We, I mean, let, let's just be frank. We didn't know the name of the dude who played SpongeBob until two days ago. No, right? we can both. We can both admit that, that Ethan Slater is a name we both learned like two days ago. Like, I'd seen him in like the Macy's parade, right? I saw him play SpongeBob in like on TV, uh, but that's it. Like, I didn't know who that, that guy's name, um, apparently he won an award or got nominated for a Tony or something. Like, so, like, but what again, very famous as you point yeah, out, he but, received
0: a Tony nomination, to yeah, SpongeBob
2: SquarePants. Yeah, but like, well that's okay. Someone <laughs> has to do it. I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to shame him on the part that he got cast in that movie. Oh made him, no, you know, it's I kind of Exactly. Um but so obviously everyone knew this person by like profession but not by name. Now we all know now we all know his name uh, cuz he's dating Ariana Grande and that's what happens for the most part. But um we don't know that the 5 years were happy, uh, which doesn't make it any better or worse, right? doesn't. I mean, you know, they have they have a family together, that family is now broken to some extent and maybe it'll work out fine and they'll co-parent great. Maybe Ariana Grande will be part of the co-parenting. Who really knows? But mm-hmm. uh, to say I don't know if we should go and be like, "Oh, you know, they ruined a happy marriage to, you know, get some Ariana Grande." <laughs> we don't know if that's we don't know if that's what happened. We shouldn't pretend that we do know. Um, but I will say Ariana Grande did just file for divorce with her husband. Yeah, though they have been separated for a little bit, and they've also only been together like a year. So it seems that oh, Ariana,
0: take a break. Yeah, that part is the
2: part to me that is the most interesting. Uh, not that again, not that five years is a long time. Uh, it's not, but mm-hmm. at least it's, you know, at least there was a few years of marriage. You know, they had a family together. It, they I think we could all say they gave it a try, right? Um, yeah. But apparently Ariana Grande has been separated from her husband for like eight months. And they've only been together for like 14 months. Like, that sounds like she didn't really want to marry him. And it makes me wonder why she did. But I be- weren't they like, they got together during COVID, right?
0: uh ariana and ethan slater no don't oh you're talking about um her her relationship yeah Yeah. see i this is the longest dating thing i've ever seen on wikipedia (laughs) um listen so yes it seems that they did fall for each other in in um during covid he's a real Mm -hmm. estate agent and um it seems that they just met in they met in uh, they started dating in January twenty twenty, and then they got engaged at December of twenty twenty. Eleven months of dating. Wasn't it the same thing with yeah Pete Davidson here. Grande began dating Pete Davidson and they became engaged the next month. Uh well yeah that's uh, right. Uh, I see but a pattern is- here. Well, this one,
2: so I guess the difference here is 11 months versus one, (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. which is a big difference. There's a big difference between 11 months and one month. But they lived together during COVID, I believe, if my my internet gossip knowledge is as good as I think it is. And I think there's probably a lot of couples like that. They were Mm -hmm. together maybe right before COVID. Then COVID happens and you have to make a decision. Do you never see your significant other or do you just move in with your significant other? There's really only – those are the two options because of COVID with lockdowns. Like you either were together all the time or you never saw each other and you had separate bubbles. And so – and that i think gave everyone like a fake sense of like cuz they were home all the time i'm sure like it's just different do the, now, i've
0: spent every second with them as much as uh this type of couple or right. whatever
2: never living life together actual life together not covid like i mean all right as someone who has done both uh i mean i'm married now but i lived with my girlfriend before COVID for years, not just a little bit, like for years before COVID. And then obviously, you know, we lived together during COVID uh, because we ended up getting engaged, getting married after COVID. Um, It is different. And if you've never lived with a person in real life, like you have to go to work in the morning and they have to go to work in the morning. And like, you've got bills and you've got this and you've got obligations. If you've never done that, It could just, it could shock you. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I would say, I mean, listen, do I think that she's going to end up, okay, do I think she's going to end up marrying this Ethan guy? Actually, probably, because that does seem to be her move, right? Um, But do I think she's looking to be with this Ethan guy forever? No. Um, Again, because that's her move. Uh, But I will say that maybe, just maybe, having a guy who's been married for five years will, uh, will break some of this pattern, right? Who knows? Maybe, maybe this is what, what, what is needed is, you know, someone who has been there who's put in the work, who knows what it's like to wake up every morning, have to go to work, have to raise the kids. Uh, maybe, maybe this is what everybody needs. Um, but I think ultimately, if I was betting this ends in uh what's it called? Like ja- January, 2024, we find out that she's dating Tom Brady. And, oh, man. And Ethan we have some words on that. No, that's why. I said, <laughs> it's a segue there, Matt. Um, but uh, she's dating Tom Brady, and Ethan is left on his own under the sea
0: in his little pineapple. You know, there was there's these two stereotypes that have been brought from this story. One, it seems Ethan Slater is the example of a straight guy who was in musical theater all along. Around you they know happen. people yeah. who usually aren't straight, and there's girls to choose from if they're so interested in people. Basically, I'm saying there's a stereotype: the one straight guy in musical theater will have all these options, and it seemed to worked out on the set of Wicked, which is in two parts, by the way. I thought that was, huh. that's an interesting choice. That I've actually never is seen Wicked, happened? believe it or not. Oh, I've never even. I saw. Um, I've never even like watched the cast album, but I, I guess it's is it is it worth two movies?
2: Well, I don't. That'd be interesting uh, how they're going to do two movies because it didn't feel like it needed to be two movies. I've I've seen it uh, mm-hmm. and it felt like you know it was it fine like in one movie. Yeah, one complete story. It felt fine uh, as is. Uh, I guess they do have sort of like the first half of the musical is like completely separate from the wizard of oz like there's really almost no connection the mm-hmm. second half is like really it takes place during the wizard of oz essentially and so it, Maybe it does want to kinda... have a little bit more so i could see i could see where they would split it but i don't know if they needed
0: to interesting we'll okay well anyways there's that and it sees that um he went on top so for yo those who want to meet <laughs> girls uh at a music in a musical theater it's possible and you might even get uh, somebody who well, yeah, you might have th- not expect.
2: I think we should put a quick uh, disclaimer here. If you are a guy who's in musical theater, I did musical theater for a long time. If you are a guy in musical theater, you, you, you're you probably not going to meet Ariana Grande. So
0: <laughs>
2: I, I, I think that should be stated. If you're going to join musical theater to meet Ariana Grande, that's a that's a low percentage shot right there.
0: <laughs> and two, with... um. What's funny about Spongebob, there was reports that the so Spongebob in real life, Tom Kenny, he's married to the girl who plays Pearl. Fun fact, the voice actor for Pearl and then people were yelling at him on Twitter. Why would you do this? And then they yelled at (laughs) Pearl and Pearl had to come out and say, wrong, Spongebob. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Could you imagine? Tom Kenny starts dating Ariana Grande. (laughs) Anything's possible now with this one. That would be insane. That's like the opposite of De Niro having all these kids at like seventy.
0: There really <laughs> is the opposite, a whole secret society of rich, famous people. That's crazy. Who are that's really doing funny. These I didn't things. see that. it's yeah. really funny. So I mean, there you go. I was
2: trying to explain that to your wife.
0: <laughs> She's like, why
2: does why does. Why does social media think that we're not together anymore? (laughs) Do you have something you want to tell me?
0: (laughs) Shows you Spongebob's bigger than life there in that uh, stereotype. So there we go there. And speaking of the gossip, let's keep it going. Tom Brady, you know, I've covered the end of your football career. And I can't believe how much I have been covering (laughs) your dating life right now as well. So it has come out and there are pictures online. You could see on our page, you're going to retweet those pictures or repost mm-hmm. them or reacts them right that Tom Brady re them. <laughs> rethread that Tom Brady is there's a chance that he might be taken. And it's not with Kim Kardashian. Okay. There have been pictures released of Tom Brady hanging out with arena. Shake shack arena, Shaq arena, Shaq, arena, Shaq? Shaq Tom Brady and arena Shaq are allegedly dating. Who is arena shack you ask she's a russian model and um there you go she is 37 years old she dated she dated cristiano ronaldo so there you go there and bradley cooper and i believe let me just confirm yes she is bradley cooper's baby mama they have a daughter together ah. and there are pictures of them hanging out. So Tom Brady, let's first say to Ryan, you agree that it is better for Tom Brady to date arena Shaq than Kim Kardashian. Correct.
2: Um, I, well, I don't know much about arena, uh, so I don't want to malign anyone without knowing, um, <laughs> but I would say, from I have limited knowledge of arena and I don't have limited knowledge of Kim Kardashian dating history. And since I know a lot about Kim Kardashian, that means it's mostly negative information. So I'm going to say yes, but in fairness, I don't know this, you know, arena could be twice as bad. I mean, it sounds like arena has got a bit of a dating history herself. Um, I don't know. Those whole thing. I, I think we're, we're not putting enough stock into the fact that this is Tom Brady, <laughs> it, this doesn't really matter. I mean, what is he? Forty-seven? How old is Tom?
0: Tom Brady's forty-five years old. <laughs>
2: forty-five? Like he's not settling down. Let's just be honest. He's not settling down. All of it's for fun. Uh, like you know, we should just be happy that he's happy if we're if we like Tom Brady, or if we don't like Tom Brady, then we shouldn't be worried about it at all. Um, uh, but. No, I think that what you're saying—that Kim Kardashian comes with a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff—is is is true. Uh, Being a Kardashian comes with a level of drama by on purpose. I mean, they they did that. You know what I mean? That's their brand. Their brand is drama, and being with a Kardashian means you're part of that drama.
0: Yes, and I think. I'm sure Kim Kardashian is such a wonderful person if I met her. It'd be great to have her on, have a productive conversation with her. But for Tom <laughs> Brady, almost everybody went backwards in their career and personal life. And, you know, I just think Tom Brady, you have other options, and it seems that one, it is coming out that he might really like this girl, Rena. and I really hope we're saying her name right. Um, but According to this, they met at a billionaire art. He uh, an art collector named Joe Named and model Madison Hertig's wedding. They met in May One sources says a number of models were hitting on Tom and arena was one of them, although her rep denies it. This is um, reported by TMZ. The sources say that Giselle Bundchen is not happy at all about the news that Tom is dating arena. And
2: um, oh, Giselle's although, a model, too.
0: They might, not. yeah, exactly. So seems sound pretty. Think there's any? And overlap? yeah, do you think they knew each other? I would think so. I would guess. You know, how old is she? I mean, how old is Giselle? How old is Giselle? Confirm that in one moment. She's the age of Giselle. Early. Giselle Bunchin is forty-three. So...
2: Okay, I mean, so 37, 43, that's not that different. They're, they could be contemporaries in a couple of places. You know what I mean, they might know each other. And I, I wonder say who if the other models the are
0: competing with him, competing to, well, uh, for Tom's the case,
1: love.
2: Then I think that we should be a little bit more, uh, more skeptical here of Tom. This could be just him trying to get back at his wife. And I don't think that's fair to anyone involved. I feel that Kim um, K story would I have been a great if, way
0: to do that.
2: No, I, I'm, being, I'm being serious. I think that if if this is just because she knows his ex and he wants to make her jealous, then I think Kim Kardashian was the better choice for now. That's really – that is that is That would be
0: some revenge. A mean
2: thing to do. It's a very mean thing to do. And, and I've said for the Kim Kardashian, in defense of Kim and Tom, uh, Tom Brady can't go backwards. He's retired. He can't lose anything in his personal life. His family left him. So – Outside of her stealing his money, which frankly she doesn't need to do, she's got more than he does. Um, what can, yeah. Tom Brady can't actually lose anything by dating anybody. Um, he's got no career to ruin. Uh, he's got no family <laughs> anymore.
0: So, and he's taken this next. Now he's under contract with Fox to become the head color commentator for their oh, games sure, starting next year. But so he's taking the year off. Personally, I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like they're going to annul, annul that contract, and I don't think it's fair to my guy Greg Hardy. He does great, and uh, it is not fair. He would be a lame duck for have Tom Brady replacing him, and it just seems that but they Tom will Brady find does seem the time for Tom Brady. Yeah, I don't think Tom Brady is. they find something doing TV, and he doesn't have to. He could just live off his millions and date supermodels for the rest of life, his life. You could,
2: I, he'll do something, right? Because he, you know, people want more money. Um, but mm-hmm. I could see. It. I mean, Have he's got 12 his, brand. his what his team, his team, yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe a radio show, like a sports show in Boston, just and
0: also in, his, do his do production company, just making, just keep on making shows, do it, do what yeah. Payton's doing with Omaha yeah, think, productions.
2: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, but I don't... I mean, and if he does TV, I don't know if anyone has to lose their job. I think they could just slot Tom Brady into a nonsense segment on, on like Thursday Night Football where he talks about quarterbacks or whatever. And that's but if I, he doesn't do
0: know. this... You're saying if he doesn't do this deal with Sup Fox, where he's there. Oh as yeah, yeah. I mean, the obviously. The week.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, if he signs, if he does what he's signed to do, then he'll have to be on the panel, and that will require reshuffling the panel. But uh, I'm saying, well, if yeah, he falls yeah, through, he'll
0: be him and Kevin Burkhardt as the team to yeah, do it. Yeah. So like the, they'll call right, the Super Bowl yeah. together. But yeah, I just right. So we'll see. obviously, that, if he agrees we'll to, to do then. that, but but for yeah, now, he I, could I, just I hang out with supermodels for the next year.
2: So so tough for Tom So tough for
0: Tom Hey Listen Tom You do you Simple as that You gotta be you really get, excited As long as it's mm-hmm. not Kim K. As long as he's not dated Kim Kardashian I mean you can have one night But um, Do what you want with that one they probably night. Did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's be real people I saw a picture of them at that party. It was literally their backs. It could be talking to anybody, but you know we like to make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And we, so we still have four minutes left with this segment. You you still excited for Aaron Rodgers? We'll just go quick. I am.
2: I am excited for Aaron Rodgers. Um, the the pictures of Aaron Rodgers is are silly. Uh, it looks weird that he's the. I don't know why I the official one weird. Yeah, the official ones. It looks like he like wore his dad's uniform to wear.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I don't know why they didn't get a helmet that fits Aaron Rodgers for the picture. But um, I think, like I said, I've, I've already said that this season will be a big season sales t- ticket sales-wise regardless um, because of everything going on. But I do think that this first game against Buffalo is mm-hmm. going to pretty much set the tone for the season.
0: 9-11th uh, anniversary, right there. Yeah,
2: a win, a win against Buffalo, who are pro- let's be honest, their chief. Uh, if the Jets are as good as people think they're going to be, obviously no, no games have been played. Buffalo is their chief rival. I think we can, you know, state that pretty mm-hmm. obviously.
0: Yeah, next um, to the Patriots, them it's gonna be. You know, they're the biggest threat for them to win the division. I think I think the
2: Bills are probably even a bigger threat than the
0: Patriots. uh, Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. This this Uh, season specifically, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. This is the team you have to beat to win the division. Right. And And they get them first. Yeah, right.
2: (laughs) They definitely did on purpose. Yeah. So basically this is gonna this is like, you know, you know, put up or shut up time, beat the bills game one and show everybody in the NFL that you're making a real run for this. Aaron Rodgers is here to win. You lose to the bills game one. And all of this is a sideshow cartoon meant to sell tickets and let Aaron Rodgers be in a bigger media market so he can continue to, you know, spew his, Interesting alternative theories on basically everything uh, on Pat McAfee and Joe Rogan's podcast, respectively.
0: That's what I just love about this, and especially our dynamic here, right? We talked about Aaron Rodgers for so many years, and now he is the quarterback of your team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no problem. Justice.
2: I have no problem admitting that I hope we win a championship this year, and I still think he's wrong about the COVID vaccine. <laughs> I'm, I'm a mature enough person to say both of those things are true. Okay, I can be like this person should not be giving medical advice. However, I would very much appreciate if they won me a Super Bowl. I think that there's nothing wrong with admitting that out loud.
0: We need to do that more. Separate the art from the artist. Okay, guys. I think Come a on. lot of Jet fans are doing that. I think a lot of Jet fans will say, <laughs> "Take the drugs." I actually support it. I he'll they'll say I legal legalize ayahuasca, which I'm sure I don't know. If, is
2: ayahuasca, it? if ayahuasca wins us a Super Bowl, then fine. <laughs> Whatever.
0: That's the motto. Do what you've got to do. A, I can't wait to see what he does. I'm um, actually we got tickets. We could visit my brother Brit in Florida for Jets and Dolphins on December 17th of this uh-huh. year. It'll be a big game. That'll
2: be a good game too, right?
0: Yeah. So we went to Jets Dolphins January first week of January of this year. So all the way now to the very last week, the very last month of the year. So nice full circle there. But you know, this is Aaron Rodgers was, was far from a thought. And um, Zach Wilson didn't even play that game. Um, (laughs) And Dolphins wound up winning.
2: The The scrappy do of New York
0: sports, Zach Wilson. (laughs) Oh, that's going to be a study with himself this year. And, uh, We'll see. They they started their camp early. XFL
2: quarterback. (laughs) Future XFL quarterback, Zach Wilson. Honestly, I think he'd do great in the
0: XFL. He should go. Seriously, me too. I'm just excited we won't hear his mom all season long either. (laughs) about his mom trying to get famous. But it's going to be an exciting time, and we'll obviously get more into that when we get closer to it. So our last story for today, Ryan, and this will essentially be part one of this conversation. Barbenheimer. It did Mm -hmm. exactly what we expected to this weekend. It cleared house. First first things first about Barbenheimer, what a win for movie theaters, Ryan. I don't think we have to worry about movie theaters going away ever again. Like, seriously. After the pandemic, people literally thought the movie theater was dead. Obviously, we had Top Gun Maverick last summer prove that that wasn't just a fluke. This weekend, Barbenheimer did even bigger than expected. Barber hired scored $162 million over the weekend. And then Oppenheimer opened mm-hmm. at 82 million, far exceeding their goals and expectations. Yep. And wow, wow. Oh yeah. They
2: both almost yeah cleared it like $20 million over their expectations, each at least minimum, um, depending on the estimates that you look at, they both did so much more business than people thought they would do. And there was even like that brief blip, when they were looking at the ticket sales for Oppenheimer particularly because mm-hmm. those were f- lagging behind Barbie a little bit in terms of the pre-orders and people were like uh oh this whole barbenheimer thing is blown out of proportion i think there was a world where barbie met all met all these expectations and oppenheimer did not um but no the meme proved itself to be very much real <laughs> Uh i unfortunately I'm fortunate i was unable to do both in the same day uh i Me am, i've got tickets already for this week, I will be seeing Oppenheimer on Wednesday, Barbie on Thursday. Uh, my my wife and I, not just me, mm-hmm. so I'll see them both in the same week, uh, seven a.m. back to back uh, days. So a.m. Sort of bar. P.m.
0: Have- oh, I was about to say that that's now yeah. that's an early riser.
2: Yeah, no, seven p.m. So, um, that's. You know, two two date nights, but we are we're, we're splurging to to make sure we get to see both those movies.
0: Excellent, and I'm planning to also see Barbenheimer both um both nights too. So so probably both nights this week. So Oppenheimer is scheduled for Wednesday for me, Wednesday at eleven a.m. And then um Barbie, I'm going to see that on eleven a.m. on Friday. Ooh. So. We're going to accomplish those and we will give our thoughts um, next week on those or, and um, just a quick Barbenheimer review itself of Of the actual films. Now the thing here is, okay, first we mentioned here, movie theaters, they're fine. Don't have to worry about them. And even in the strike, the writers and actors are in still able to properly Mm -hmm. market the films. So, like, isn't it cool, Ryan, that these are two non-IPA IP, now I get it, Barbie's an IP, but um, yeah. but these are two movies that aren't related to a franchise. They're not superhero movies. Mm-hmm. They are original established filmmakers. Ones also an established filmmaker who's a woman, and you know, women filmmakers have had their journey to be taken seriously as filmmakers but now with people like Greta Gerwig and Kath Bigelow and um stuff like that that shows that you could you could hit you could have a woman director have a movie have a hundred million dollars in a single weekend and this hit 162. so that's a great historic win there then we have Barman, uh we have Oppenheimer a his- historical, a history piece a history piece a period piece that's three hours long with again another established filmmaker with small with using practical effects minimal cgi none i don't believe any cgi used at all and those are the films that people came to see audience came to see and this just has to show these damn executives that you don't have to do a sequel here a um adapt a comic book adaption there you can have solid storytelling by great well-crafted filmmakers and people will come and see it do you think these executives will get that through their head or are we gonna so get i actually ninja Mut- uh teenage mutant ninja turtles like we're getting next week another teenage mutant ninja turtles movie
2: yeah so i was gonna say i can only i can speak to dc obviously uh dc you know if you look at those maps that are floating all over the place dc was one of the the areas dc maryland virginia one of the areas that was heavy oppenheimer and ticket sales but more so than barbie uh and that's i think in no small part to dc all of dc having billboards and electronic signs promoting that movie for three weeks straight Um, every, again, every day on my train, I was basically, every time I got to a train station, you know, J. Robert Oppenheimer was staring at me. Um, Mm. but today Oppenheimer was gone. (laughs) No, he was gone. And and instead it was the haunted mansion, which is a remake by Disney, uh, a reboot remake, whatever. Um, so no, to answer your question, this is not going to be, a, a you know, a, a watershed moment for executives. However, I don't know if we can just blame the executives on this one. Um, I mean, yes, obviously, they're the ones who greenlight these projects. But I'd, I'd like to think that it's tough because, I mean, look at these two movies. Obviously, we talked about how they're not a superhero movie, which is phenomenal. But Barbie is, you know established brand. Mattel's got tons of money. You know, sh- Barbie's Barbie is not a proven movie star, but Barbie is a proven draw billion, you know, billion dollar doll. Barbie is worth a billion dollars. Yeah. As, as a toy. And so and this movie a just dogs, also one yeah.
0: point. This isn't a kids movie. It's a P. It's a yeah. yeah, it's aimed yeah. towards adults and it seems from am reading it has a lot of meta humor. It's a feminine, a very pro-feminist movie. And I, mean, um, I don't think it's
2: not for kids. I think it's older. Older girls yeah. probably get a lot of this movie in particular. Also, older guys. I've, I've, I've heard that your teen, your teen probably won't dislike this movie. I'm sure that it
0: would be reasonable to take them to that to this movie for uh, sure. If you were so inclined, but not like your little. Kids. Try to make it relative, and you know, I have to yeah. see the movie myself to to see what she's going for. Yeah, just exactly. Go going off of what I'm reading, based online. on what we heard, hundred percent.
2: But uh, like I was saying, I just think that. W- Barbie has proven herself as a draw in other arenas. Oppenheimer, obviously, again, not a movie star, not an IP, but it's based on a real story. So there is some reality that they can draw on, be like, okay, the atomic bomb, World War II, Robert, no, J. Robert Oppenheimer. These are all established names. People know these names. Somewhat, uh, maybe not Oppenheimer specifically, but certainly the Manhattan mm-hmm. Project, right? Like the names that might be lost to history for a lot of people, but the Manhattan Project is not. I think most people know what the Manhattan Project was, and so a movie about the guy who did the Manhattan Project would already have a built-in kind of you know interest. I don't know if you could just you know you're a filmmaker pitch something totally different. I I think that. W- Basically, we're taking this as a win, uh, me and you specifically as a win, because it's not Marvel. <laughs> um, yeah, that's or fair. Star that's Wars. fair. <laughs> and and, and it, because it's not Marvel or Star Wars, it is a win. But this is, I mean, this feels very Top Gun Maverick to me. I'm sure both of these movies, and I want everyone to hear me say this, I'm sure, both of these movies are better movies, not subjective to just factually better movies than Top Gun Maverick. I saw Top Gun Maverick. It was fine.
0: Um And I get a lot of. Yeah. Taking it. a year away from that hype. Yeah. Now it's a great movie, yeah. but you could even say it was a bit overrated a year later.
2: I believe. I think overrated. so it is. Yeah. Um But that's not that they, they didn't make it for us, man. Uh mm-hmm. So um, we're, we're the, we're the soy boys who like Barbie. Um oh, Anyway, well. Exactly, but I think (laughs) that like even but even that had some existing um, source material and some existing fans to play off of. I would be very skeptical of a brand new idea being big outside of like an indie circuit. Like, what's this asteroid city? Um, That's
0: a Wes Anderson
2: movie. Yeah, that one's getting some
0: hype, but certainly
2: nothing like this. It's not a major. Yeah, again. like Wes Anderson. It's, it's in,
0: yeah, I love Wes Anderson. Like huge for cinephiles, you know. Right. He's an established director, but you you might even still call him like one of the most prominent indie films. Like his films don't usually exactly. get wide releases; they're a lot of word of mouth, a lot yep. of streaming that way. But he's a legend, and he has a distinct right. style. But and I just I don't see what you're see getting. That
2: anything like that. I mean, an, another one um, that just popped into my head, uh, Taika Watiti did, obviously, Gardens of the Galaxy, which is a major uh, movie yeah. uh, franchise, you know, Marvel. Um, but before that, you know, he did the, the Jojo Rabbit thing.
0: Right. Um, another – that was, is a great movie, but it's also an indie, I saw it. Super small,
2: theater. yeah. It's like – so I just don't know. I mean, and we get, we've seen people who could do both. I bet you, if I had to guess, Greta Gerwig can do both well uh, yeah that's Rennell that's and, where i originally do both. knew her
0: from and some people feel that she's even now she's coming from an indie background mm-hmm. you know francis ha is one of my favorite movies that's it looked like something that you and me could filmed um mm-hmm. he wrote she wrote that but um yeah she comes from the indie scene and people are calling her a sellout so you go from francis ha and ladybird and adapting Little Women, but now you go from Barbie. Now she's going to do the Chronicles of Narnia reboot. Well, Little, that's little Women is who,
2: also a bigger, a bigger franchise.
0: Um, oh right? yeah, for sure. But yeah. you know that was the, like, that's a very artistic niche. art house yeah. film. Yeah. And now she's I, going into mainstream, and I don't have a problem with it. Let her do what she wants. That's just, let, that's what filmmakers should do. They should oh, evolve. But Absolutely. you know, those are just the people who also said Margot Robbie is mid and are <laughs> well, yeah. yeah.
2: There's been no no shortage of bad takes about all of these movies. Um, but I would say that I would mm-hmm. be shocked if well, okay. I mean Christopher Nolan's a good example. The movie that immediately preceded this one was an original. There wasn't any yeah, source Tenet. material and <laughs> it didn't do that well. Like and it but was also
0: the market. pandemic. Yeah, it also yeah, but, was it, was year, but, as, but yes. it was
2: marketed as a major movie. Like it was not an art house movie. You know what I mean? It was an action oh, yeah. movie with the suspense and all that. And it didn't do that well. I don't just mean. And again, I don't just mean ticket sales because no one did that well during the pandemic with ticket sales. But it yeah. also wasn't received that well. Like, like right, we it's do... it's
0: as one of his weaker yeah. reviewed films. People,
2: people saw it and were like eh, <laughs> where they don't usually. It's also, do
0: very that. confusing movie
2: yeah so I, I just i think that we still have a bit of a ways to go before we get to that point and i really wish we could mm-hmm. get to that point and i don't know who could do it like i don't know that i, I don't know why it can't be done uh, so i'm not right. smart enough to do it, it I, if i thought i could do it i'd have tried already just to come up with something totally original that can be a blockbuster movie like barbie's a blockbuster but not totally original oppenheimer's a blockbuster not totally original again in different ways <laughs> I just, when's the last time that anyone did like a major blockbuster that wasn't, that was original, like that wasn't Marvel, wasn't the Star Wars or James Bond. Like. That,
0: that's, that was, had a major studio release. Yeah. Um. I don't know. The Hangover, but then they turned that into a franchise.
2: Right. At, um, least, at least that was its own franchise, self-contained, but.
0: Yeah, I'd have to really, now when you say these things, like I could point out to like anything A 24 does or anything that goes through the film circuits. Now those are more smaller, you know, cinephiles. If it's good, you'll have any audience appreciate that. But yeah, on a true mainstream. Right. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to think. And, um,
2: I mean, Mario was not like, I'm just trying to think of the movies that like made a real, it's splash. like if
0: somebody made back to the future now, like the first that time, came right. out of nowhere. Right, but like, no, it's obviously what, what, we what don't it, live like, in that world. To, Interstellar,
2: right that was pretty big, right? Do people watch that? People watch that. Oh yeah, in- yeah, Inception, yeah. Inception, people watched Inception.
0: I I even would say Interstellar even before that, but um, yeah. Uh, looking Those back, it to it be Nolan, more people, but. yeah, it seemed back that. Yeah, let's go with Interstellar. I think that's what I would say most okay, recent, yeah. but and uh, now. It's gotten more of a cult follow. It's weird to say cult following for Nolan, but um, yeah. let's say mm, a lot of thinking. In this well, one, you know what? Maybe Inception. We'll go I with mean, Inception. I
2: remember everyone wanted to see Inception. Yeah, let's Everybody go with that. Wanted to
0: see Inception. I feel with Interstellar, people wanted to see that for Nolan, but they could. Yeah. But Inception was a large release coming right, out, and of they wanted to go Leo. to
2: yeah, and they wanted to go to the theater. To see that movie like that came out in 2010, like I can't remember a time that I felt like there was a major movie that was completely original that wasn't based on anything that people wanted to see. And I don't know that we can just blame executives because I feel like I feel like we'd see it being made. Right. Like we watched Tenet get made in obviously circumstances are part of that but it didn't get reviewed that well so i don't know if we can throw all of this on studios being like oh they only care about you know sequel after sequel after sequel i mean not that many of these uh talented uh folks are even trying a lot of them are Mm -hmm. sticking with it like an indie kind of art house vibe and they're going for smaller releases regional releases um and then looking to build their name and like at the basically looking to build their name during award season, right? They release it to a small audience. They it's award bait, so they know that they'll get mentioned up uh, up on stage, and then they'll see you know people take a little bit of an interest in their uh in their film if they hadn't seen it already. Um, there's very few like like you said, Back to the Future. You know, you, you like, know what's actually know.
0: another good example. Ryan is Frozen. That's probably yeah. the the well,
2: kids movies you know, that, do it more. Yeah. Like, kids movies are far more likely to just be like, all right, we're going to do this thing with the princess or that thing with, the." you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Disney, Disney's obviously not afraid to create a brand new, you know, Coco, like all of those Disney movies get massive, Canto. you know? Yeah. And Kanto. Yeah. They get massive packages releasing, you know, you know, Moana. So yeah, I'm not, not talking about them. I'm talking about for us I'm talking about okay. for like
0: yeah. us, not kids. Um, okay. And, like, so yeah, we'll yeah. say inception. Which
2: we were kids when that came out. Yeah, like in like, high school. That's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy to think that it's been that long since someone had a an original idea that was pushed to the moon and got people excited. Like all three of those things happening at the same time. We've had one or two of those things happen at the same time. You know, an idea that was, you know original and pushed to the moon. We've seen that and it hasn't worked. We've seen an idea that was pushed to the moon. People got excited throughout every Marvel movie, essentially. Like we've seen, we've seen a combination of the three, but we've never seen all three. An original idea that was marketed like a major release that everybody wanted to see.
0: Yeah. And And if anything, maybe it makes that possibility possible again. And Again, only time will tell, and we'll see. You know how the rest of the film, the film year goes, and especially once when these strikes the hopefully end. The um, well, we have Mars Scorsese's Killer of the Flower Moon, but I think, I mean, that'll definitely appeal to, uh, again, more cinephiles. Maybe, yeah, maybe could do a whole like mainstream, it. but I don't know. Period piece set in the. Tw- 1910s. You have Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro. Again, this is stuff that we think cool. But understand, maybe a high school kid might not care.
2: Yeah, Apple I don't movies. know. It's just <laughs> difficult. It's not even just high school kids. You have to think of like, and I don't know. I mean, I don't write movies, but I just feel like if you're writing a movie, you have to think about the fact that someone's pro- possibly going to spend like their monthly going out money on taking their girlfriend or their wife or their kids to see this movie. And I just, I, there's obviously a place for the cinephile art house movie. I mean, there is there are people like it. People are willing to pay more money for that to see those movies. But like, I just wish there was someone who was like, I just want the person who's going to see one movie this month to see my movie. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Like I want that person to want to come see my movie. And I don't, and we have people who are targeting that person, but they're targeting that person with Mario or yeah, Marvel right. or, you know what I mean? Like, so we are giving those people movies to see, but it's, you know, a studio basically saying, all right, let's give them the video game character. Give them the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I want someone to be like, I have an idea that I think everybody would like, and they might be totally wrong, but I want someone to write that movie. And I just don't know that anyone has. And I'll just real quick for run out of time. I would argue That for a while, this Oppenheimer movie wasn't Mm. even didn't even meet the criteria we just said about, you know, original um, marketed like a major movie and everyone's excited to see it. I don't believe the marketing was behind Oppenheimer at all. I think Barbie. Yeah. Gave Oppenheimer. A marketing push that the studio then decided to jump onto i think oppenheimer right. was me- meant to be from the get-go a hit of hit uh what's it called a uh, a period piece designed to get them some awards i think that is exactly what oppenheimer was meant to be and i think that the As fact a that it was blockbuster same, too,
0: but yeah, you know it barbie wasn't supposed to be pushed it there what it is it absolutely
2: yeah, it. Be pushed it there with the marketing and so that's the only reason why it even fits into those three categories barbie is the only one that was truly going to be push to the moon it was a relatively original idea and people genuinely wanted to see it. Oppenheimer was like a weird kind of accident because people were like oh my god they're coming out the same day and it's just so absurd that the marketing took care of itself and like forced Oppenheimer into this position. That I don't think it would have been in otherwise, genuinely,
0: I don't. And as we mentioned the whole Warner Brothers Nolan beef, Nolan releases yeah, this but- with Universal and Warner Brothers does Barbie and they've again only helped each other out but exactly. um also just to finish your thought with the this is the big film this is the big studio films coming out the rest of the year for yeah. August we have Gran Turismo you know based on the video game the mm-hmm. free video game you get if you get a Playstation 2 Yeah, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. Um we have The Nun 2 coming okay, out sequel. for September equalizer 3 um Trio. expendables 4 is um then October again we have codes of flower moon which will be big in <clears throat> the city uh dune 2 but sequel. that might be p- pushed back because of the writer strike i just read we actually have another hunger games coming out i guess <laughs> Okay. If you care about Napoleon, Napoleon Dynam- of Dynamite, Bonaparte with Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> well, that's
2: uh, very up- giving Oppenheimer
0: there. And, you know, we also have another Aquaman in coming out Christmas time. Willy Wonka, I think, should be a big hit. You know, the Wonka origin story, Timothy Chaumet. Mm-hmm. So, again, there's there. But, again, we all just mentioned pretty much, you know, films with already established names to it. No, like, real originals.
2: Yeah. I mean, Gran Turismo, I don't think has ever had a movie, but so it's a little bit different. But also, it's just Fast and Furious,
0: isn't it? Yeah. But
2: just it more is. formal? I, I guess, yeah. Uh, and Willy Wonka's already had two movies. I know they're different movies than the one that we're going to get, but there's still two movies uh, and a book. Um, yeah. The the only one that sounded original at all was that Flower Moon guy that you just... Yeah, kill the there. Flower's Moon, and that's based off a it.
0: book. Um, so yeah, which I, I mean, book, <laughs> in
2: fairness, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's, different. that's, that's fine. fine And you have Leo, especially if so. it's not like a major book.
0: Yeah, Leo, Scorsese, Twilight De Niro, that's shades. all you need. And just the last oh, point yeah. here, get people for that. Two last questions, one with Barb and both one yeah. has to do with Barbie one with Oppenheimer. And then we'll figure out when to record those reactions right yeah. away, and especially the Oppenheimer part. And I'll explain why. But with Barbie first. hmm. And this is before you see it. And I'll probably ask the same question. No, after. I won't. I, I will ask these two very I'll ask these two questions after anyway. So this is our reactions before and after. First, Barbie. Do you think Barbie can be an Oscar film? The way they're saying like Ryan Gosling's best supporting actor. Maybe we see a best original song. Production design definitely has to be out there. Oh, yeah. But is, when I see Barbie, this meta film, do I see a an Oscar winner? I don't know. And I'm trying to take the re, the uh, recency bias as well. But first, see, for somebody who hasn't seen it, you think Barbie will win the most prestigious awards? Will win or potential. could win? Could win. Could win, I should say. Could
2: win. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've, I've said this from the beginning. Um, the finger <laughs> pointed, the, like the hands pointed. Like They do a lot of really interesting stuff in that Barbie movie that indicates – even in the trailer that this is not that this is a real movie meant for like real audiences. Um, like it's, it's meant, it's meant to play wide. It's meant to be something that anyone can pick up and get something out of, including the cinephile. And so I do think that it could potentially win some, some awards. I, there are other movies that could also Oppenheimer, of course, being one of them, but not the only one. Um, So I don't know if I I wouldn't be comfortable saying Barbie will win an award right now. I've a never seen the movie and B there are other movies competing. Right. But I think that it's very intentionally designed that to be attractive to people who look at movies with a critical eye, as well as people who don't. And so I think that there's definitely potential. I just don't know how great that potential is compared to other movies.
0: Listen, I do it too. Whether joking or not joking, I will say after sitting end, Let's first thing, when I see a movie, I think, how do they fall into the Oscar categories? And I've said this <laughs> joke, like, you know, hey, Ron Gosling wins Best Supporting Actor playing Ken.
2: That'd be something that, else.
0: Yeah, I, I'd have to, especially compared to what Oppenheimer is, and this is going to be my next question. Mm-hmm. The thing about Oppenheimer is people are really, seem to be really profound by it. And, people really th- I've read as far as a Hollywood reporter, one of the most respected journalistic publications in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer is the most important and best movie of the 21st century. So from 2000 on, so 25, essentially just about 25 years, the first 20, well, the first 23 years of the 21st century, they say Oppenheimer is a bona fide classic. Mm-hmm. Do you see the potential in that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say – I obviously didn't read what you read, but I would bet that part of what they're saying is even less to do with just the acting and the effects and the movie itself, although I'm sure all mm-hmm. that's good. But we are – we I, the, the folks who served in World War II, the last of them, yeah, are pretty much gone. Uh, there's very few people from that generation uh, still – around honestly and those people so the folks who served when they served were about 19 years old so the folks who were even alive during that period of time are incredibly old um yeah and more and more even frankly more to the point When it happened in real life, when this very real event, and I think people have to really grasp that we really did this to other people. Um, Obviously we were given a version of what happened and there's since been like a counter movement about what happened, like what really happened. And I don't necessarily believe either of those versions to be completely accurate as with everything. I'm sure that the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Um, No, I don't think it was a complete waste. (laughs) Like, they did it just because they could, necessarily. But also, I don't know if I believe that it was completely necessary. Uh, You know what I mean? And I I wasn't there. And I think that's what we...
0: And that's what's going into... Once you see this movie, you'll probably... You you will... The way it's presented, you'll probably that could be a theme. And that's one thing I heard is the moral views of doing this. And, and I, I asked you the so. question that was said in a, in um, CBS this morning that I guess the question that gave Nolan the idea, what happens when you, God, I can't really forget the quote. It's a, what happens when you show humanity? Sorry. What happens? You have, all right, here it is. Three, two, one. <sighs> Would you save humanity by showing how you destroy it? Which is a very deep Which, question, and that's question right. and I and guess will we'll be the answered theory. in three hours,
2: right? And that was the theory of behind the entire project. But I think hindsight, we have grown up in a society—not us specifically—but America has grown up in the shadow of nuclear powers since this, since this moment that we're watching in time. Uh, you know the hiding under your desks the alarms the cold war uh what's going on in our per- current lives now uh you know uh more recent history with the north Cor- with north korea and iran and other places um mm-hmm. we we've lived in this post atomic era under this cloud and it's easy to think about nuclear weapons as the enemy because it's always portrayed as the enemy right I mean, yeah. we're scared of nuclear war We're scared of being nuked. We're the only people who have ever dropped one. Ever. And this movie puts that in in front of people. And I think that that will I I, just thinking about it makes me, you know, like profoundly impacts me. And I think this movie will do that for people who haven't thought about it that way. Like we're scared of this thing. We're the only ones who have ever used it. And And so that that was close to
0: 80 years ago now.
2: Yeah. And what is it? Yeah, exactly. So as this generation, the last generation who remembers us doing this, who lived through this moment, goes away forever, a new generation gets to look at this and say, here's this, here it is, you know, this thing we've been scared of our entire lives. We've grown up, again, under the shadow of this You know, mushroom cloud. This is its origin, and it's an entirely American origin it is us we are the we are this thing we we, you know the it is i've become death or whatever the the oppenheimer quote is like Mm -hmm. uh that's us we we are that and i think this movie if this movie grapples with that in earnest i think that it will make people very scared and very nervous and very uncomfortable because the morality of it isn't known it's it's almost unknowable i mean you can calculate it any which way you want to come up to an answer but no matter what answer you come up with you're going to feel a little gross you are yeah no matter what answer, no matter what answer you come up to with should we have done it yes no somewhere in the middle you're ultimately going to feel a little gross because the other answer is just as compelling because of how the scope of what this is and so right. i think that this movie could have that effect on people and if it does have that effect on people it would probably fall under the category of one of the most important movies um of this current like you know generation
0: excuse me and doing that in a mainstream film that's rare nowadays to do to challenge society like that i'm really excited to see (laughs) oh man it is good to have that relief for barbie to be there and yeah so Let's agree. Once we see it, we won't give our thoughts through text or anything until we do it on camera. And we'll at least the Oppenheimer as soon as possible and the Barbie as soon as possible, but especially Hmm. the Oppenheimer one. Oppenheimer, I've been having a hard time. I've done as much research as I can without hitting an actual spoiler. But um, yeah, I'd like to really discuss that first. And then I can't wait to deep dive more into it. But um, and I guess the one thing. But Oppenheimer, I'm glad to know now watching this, watching the film is the film is both black and white and in color. Mm-hmm. And then Nolan himself said, listen, the black and white are objective. So he's saying yes. this is how this it happened. was portrayed in mm-hmm. the history books. And the color is subjective. What does that mean? I don't know. We'll, um, find, out. we'll find out. So I guess if it's playing the ploy's. And also, I'm thinking that maybe play with the character development and Mm -hmm. understanding the historical characters beforehand is going to help me understand it more. Because Christopher Nolan movies, despite being one of the best to ever do it, it really does take a few viewings to actually understand what some of his films are talking about. Except like Batman, that's pretty straightforward. But everything Mm -hmm. else, I needed a few viewings to see. And... Knowing this now that that helps, like um, understanding Robert Downey Jr. is essentially the antagonist. Um, mm-hmm. He was Oppenheimer's rival. Um, Matt Damon, as yeah. you mentioned, he was the guy who essentially assigned him the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding how the other characters fall, I think is just really cool, and I can't wait to discuss it some more. Absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, if that's the case, I think we're good for now. And I thank you, Ryan. And we'll have a lot more to talk about a little later. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. All right. See you. Great stuff, Mr. Page, an awesome person to always get back to it with. Good stuff, Ryan. I appreciate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdConvoPod, not X, but Twitter at ProdConvoPod, or if it is X, you know, app. Proud Convo Pod, but we're also on TikTok and Facebook at Productive Conversations. Check us out on YouTube at Productive Conversations. So we are returning this Thursday. We have a Major League Baseball show. That's right. We're talking all things baseball, a show we've been trying to do for the past two weeks. Two weeks prior, we had some scheduling conflicts. This past week, I was sick with the woo. And now this week, we are all ready to go and everything is back to normal. So we will discuss baseball, the Mets collapsing, the Yankees trying to hold on, who are buyers, who are sellers, and all of that good stuff. So we have a baseball show coming at you. This Thursday, and then August, we will have another topic thunder, another live stream, and a lot of other things to be excited for. So, good times ahead, let us enjoy it. And it is good to be back. Hopefully, I'm 100% by the next show. I will make sure that is gonna happen. So, with that, I want to thank Ryan Page for coming off for his contributions on the show today, Alex to aka Doloren, for what he does behind the scenes. I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world for always supporting us no matter what much love everybody you the best and my name is matt brown i am the host of the productive conversations podcast and guess what i will see you on thursday much love everybody have a good middle part of your week don't forget to check in on your friends and family all right see you thursday everybody peace